Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Frank Kohlenstein from the University of Central Arkansas. Welcome, Coach. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, appreciate it. And, you know, just Frank will do. Uh, Frank, all right. Day. Yeah. <laughs> no it's kind problem. of what, uh, what I do with my team, uh, you know, because uh, I, I want to earn their respect. I don't, I don't need a title. And, you know, so many of them just go, hey, coach, hey, coach. And, you know, I, I want to try and develop a, a relationship if we can. No, I love that. I love that. Well, let's start off talking about the recruiting side of things. You know, it's the uh, the, the showcase season is in full swing. Um, for you guys as a Division One program, is is I'm guessing your 23 class is pretty much locked and loaded and you're focusing on 24. So what's that calendar kind of look like for you all? Oh, Matt, I think it's uh, it's changed a lot. So, yeah, we're, we, I don't think we're ever locked and loaded anymore. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you have, uh, well, first off, you can have commitments and then, uh, and then they turn pro or decide they're going to have a gap year or, you know, many things can happen in that. So I think you always have to be ready. So we're still working on it. I think, you know, even uh, even as a Division One program that's done reasonably well, you you have to uh, stay flexible and uh, ready to go. So you know we're we're still ready to uh, uh, get after a, an athlete if it's something that we really think we need. And uh, you know we're lucky enough here that our athletic director is really great and uh, you know allows us to have some flexibility if we need money to go on a recruiting visit or if we need to chase after another player or whatever it is we need. So uh, in essence, I'm saying we're not, we're not ever done. Uh, well, um, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, you, you mentioned visits. So are there tournaments, uh, places you like to go every year that are kind of on your must hit list? Uh, it, it's really, it's really changed with the way, um, you know, uh, the climate has changed, you know, because of, you know, the transfer portal, uh, because of the number of internationals, because kids take a gap year now, all those things have changed. So, you know, uh, I was, uh, I worked as a consultant for four years after leading, leaving Colorado School of Mines. And uh, when, in those four years, recruiting has changed immensely. So the, the things that you used to go to, for sure, you know, uh, Surf Cup or Disney or those places, I mean, that it, it's, it's not the same, you know, and Development Academy went away. So, um, you know, we're, we just go where we think we, we know there's going to be some quality. Um, and uh, where we think someone that we think we're going to have to go after uh, will be there at a specific position or a specific level of athleticism that we feel that we need to get, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, a hold up forward or a center back that's uh, very athletic, just, just whatever it is we need. And if there's an event, we'll go to it. And, you know, one of the great things we have at uh, UCA is that any state that touches Arkansas, they're considered in-state. 
And then the other thing we have is that if you'll stay on campus, then you're also considered in-state. So it's a, you know, it's like giving someone a, a seven to $8,000 uh, scholarship before they even arrive. So it's a, it's a really good thing. So obviously we're trying to focus on the, those states that touch us, but also, you know, an area that maybe a lot of other people aren't going to. No, that makes sense. Well, you mentioned, you know, the, the way things have changed and I couldn't agree more, but, you know, looking at your roster, it looks like you're, you've got a good mix of international versus domestic players. What, what kind of goes into your decision-making? You know, one of the questions I get a lot from folks, especially the, the domestic folks who, who are like, man, why, why are all these coaches taking international players instead of domestic players? Aren't there enough good domestic players out there? What, what does that look like? And, I mean, I know I have my answer as a, as a former college coach, but I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, yeah, great. Well, I think what's happened is, the, uh, you know, the rest of the world has caught on to something that I don't think that uh, we really embrace enough in our own soccer world is that, you know, uh, college soccer is a really cool thing that you can come get an education, uh, get better at at the sport you love and the rest of the world seems to be embracing it more than it, our own domestic league embraces it. I mean, uh, uh, to me that, you know, the MLS has kind of shunned college soccer, uh, but it seems to me, and, and the logic is a bit skewed to me because, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of sports. It seems like the NBA has done quite well uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off of college basketball. Uh, but the rest of the world says, oh, well, I can't make it right now as a pro or that's pretty iffy. Let me go over here. So uh, the, the rest of the world is a lot more interested in college soccer. So a lot more of them are coming here. And then, uh, you know, you had the pandemic uh, which gave everybody another year. And uh, then also you have the transfer portal. Because So I agree with the, you know, a, a senior high school graduate coming out now, it can't be any tougher than, uh, and trying to make, say, a division one lineup or a top division two lineup, it's really, really difficult. And you know, when, when you go and watch a group of 17-year-olds as a Division I college coach, and you're trying to picture them playing against a 22-year-old college player, whether he's foreign or domestic, it is a very, very tough situation. So one of the big things that, that we've done here is we've started a second team. Uh, so that um, they can get really, really good training every single day. Because, you know, if you're a, a high school senior and you come out and there's, you know, 28 guys on the team, you might not be even involved in training, much less the, the match on the weekend. So we found a way to uh, include them. We have a coach specifically for the program. 
they have specific matches they go to and and guys move up and down it's almost like a, a pro environment in that way um so that we can embrace the domestic uh player and, and especially for us here in arkansas we want to try i mean we're in arkansas state school so we want to have uh some some arkansas uh soccer players in our program and this is a way that they can develop learn about the speed of division one soccer and help to make themselves better and whether it's with us or that as they move on it, it's a great development piece for us but yeah matt i mean I don't know if there's ever been a crazier time for uh, a domestic high school player to try and break into uh, a top-level program. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, one of the things that seems to be uh, proliferating a lot more also is the use of ID camps in the recruiting process. So do you guys do your own ID camps? Do you or your staff work other ID camps? How important is that in the recruiting process these days? Yeah, you bet. That That's great. I mean, I think, you know, for us, we use the ID camp a lot because, um, you know, our, our players can can work the camp and, uh, you know, they, they can be a, a part of showing drills and uh, demoing drills. And that allows the players coming in to to see what it's like to be a college player, to see the, the speed. And then it gives them a chance to practice on our field, uh, to get to play on our match field some. And, and I try and give them a realistic glimpse of this is how our training is. Try and uh, give them the same intensity and things like that and what's expected, you know, I try and show them that everything isn't rosy and the expectations are are very high about what you're going to do so that when they come, it's not a surprise. You know, it's not, well, I thought uh, Frank just sat in a lounge chair and drank boat drinks, you know. <laughs> uh, I try and show them. And, and that's what I enjoy about it because they can come in and really see what it's like. So, yes, we use it uh, a lot and it's, it's a great tool for us. And then we also try and use it to help development with players in our area and players from all over that come in. Because, uh, you know, when one of the big things players ask is, you know, uh, what is your style of uh, soccer and what formation do you play and things like that. And, um, you know, we've, we've come up with, uh, we like to play attacking transitional football and the formation is whatever is going to get our best 11 players out there um because i'm i'm not stuck on you know we, we need to play like the invincibles or uh you know because i've had a lot of really really good players play for me but i still haven't had you know uh, a patrick vieira or uh, Tony Adams, you know, we've had some players that were the, the college equivalent of it, but, you know, Thierry Henry, I guess Tesho Akindeli is the closest I've had to Thierry Henry come through, but, uh, you know, you, you uh, I think a, as a college coach, um, 
I learned in, you know, Central Arkansas isn't the, the first thought of every kid in the United States about, hey, I'm going to go play Division One. So we have to try and use uh, the, the formation and style to what suits the players that we have in. We try and get the best players we have and we try and play the best system for them. It's going to help them develop and, uh, and it's going to help us win. Well, and, that, and that's the most important thing, right? It's all about the W's. Uh. <laughs> well, it is, but it's also, you know, about their experience, you know. And of course. I yeah. think that their experience is enhanced a lot more when when they're working towards those, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, Coach, I'm sure there's folks out there who, uh, who haven't actually even heard of the University of Central Arkansas. Um, you, you know, I'm, I'm down here in Florida. I'm not, I'm not sure folks even know that there is a Division I program in the A-Sun that, that's out there. So, you know, you've been there for a little bit now. Can you give me some insights into what makes the university special? Maybe some stuff I'm not going to learn just by clicking through the website. You bet. Well, I mean, the, the campus is beautiful. Uh, there's a lot, lots of trees on the campus. Um, you know, and it's got a, a little bit of the Southern style to it in that they're brick buildings with columns and, uh, it's, it's in a good space and there's lots of space. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've traveled to a, a lot of different places from, from central Arkansas. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful campus. We have a great grass playing surface, um, and, you know, one of the really interesting things soccer-wise for us is that the men have a grass training surface and the women have their own grass training surface. And then we have a, a separate match field. So uh, not too many places are afforded that situation. Um, and th there are uh, a wide range of good programs and, you know, there's Ten to 12,000 students here, so it's a lot bigger than most people think. Uh, you know, we have FCS football here, and, uh, you know, we have Division I real football here. So we, uh, we're, we're pretty happy with it, and, you know, we're the, uh, we're the only men's Division I in the state. Uh, so we feel like it, it's a good program to rally behind. And then the, the people here are, are very welcoming both to the domestic player and to uh, the international players. And, um, you know, it's just a, a great welcoming place uh, here. And it's uh, like uh, a undiscovered uh, diamond in the rough for, uh, for many people. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, in terms of the academic side of things um, you know a lot of times it's tough for students to make that transition of, of balancing uh, the athletic side and their and their schools uh, stuff so what kind of support systems does the school have and how do, how do players really balance the, the pull of, of sport and study you bet I mean uh, in the end that's one of the most important things is to uh, uh, you know get better as a soccer player uh, enhance your education through the academics and the things we do as a soccer program. And the school has uh, academic advisors that stay on top of all the athletes in every program. Uh, when you first come in, 
you know, there's a, a four hour study hall that every athlete has to go through. And the way they get out of it at is to ha have a high enough GPA. And we get a report every week uh, about, you know, how many hours each student athlete had in, the, in study hall. And then we also get uh, bi-weekly reports about how they're doing in their classes. And then, you know, if, uh, if a student athlete needs it, they, they can get uh, tutoring in a specific class. And then they can also get tutoring about, you know, what they're doing to study. You know, what are their study habits? How are they going about it? What are the important things in each of these classes? So uh, there's a lot of support and uh, our, uh, our academic advisors do a tremendous job because, you know, if you uh, think how many student athletes they have to work on, it's, uh, it's amazing how they stay on top of it. You know, we, we have to deal with, uh, you know, 30 athletes and we think we're doing something, you know, they, they deal with uh, many more than that and they're able to stay on top of it. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, coach, we, we talked about you or you talked about the, the roster a little bit in terms of having that second team. So is there a roster size that you find is ideal that you're trying to hit each year? No, I mean, uh, I, I, I try not to limit myself. Uh, I try and look at it as, uh, as if, if this is a, an individual that we think can can help our programs in some way and we will help them and we'll bring them in, whether it's immediate or, uh, or down the road a year or two, we try and still bring them in. Because, you know, sometimes when a freshman comes in, it's very difficult for them because, you know, uh, you know we get right into it. You have two weeks and then you got to start playing. And so their, their first semester, they might not feel like they're getting a whole lot of love. And, and that's why I, I really like this time of year because it's, it's all about development because you don't have the pressure of winning and losing other than the lessons that you can get from that. So, um, you know, we try and do uh, those things and try not to set limits, but we also are realistic. You know, we don't want to have someone in the program that they're not going to benefit from it. And we don't see them uh, he helping the program in the future. Well, that makes sense. Well, besides the roster, um, I'm, I'm guessing you got a, a good staff behind you there. So can you tell me a little bit more how many staff you have? What role does everybody play? Sure. We, uh, um, we have uh, assistant uh, to it. Two assistants and uh, director of operations. Uh, Carl Sigvard is our uh, one of our assistants, and Chase Robertson is the other assistant. And they have, you know, vast experience. You know, uh, they they work really hard, uh, and all all of us are involved in the recruiting piece. Uh, just we we do we do little bit different things, but. Uh, and then all of us are involved in the field work and the scouting work. Uh, they, they do most of the video work. Uh, that, that's definitely not my forte. I mean, uh, you know, I, I joke with them about, you know, the, the computer that was in use when I was in uh, school was the abacus. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
both Kyle and Chase do a really good job uh, on the field, off the field, relationships with the players, because that's very important for us. Uh, you know, going back to we have so little time with them before we start is, you know, you have to get players invested so quickly in your program that, uh, you know, and the assistants are a huge part of that. And then we just added a, a director of operations, you know, who really uh, loves the sport and wants to get into it. And this was a, a pathway for Travis Crane to be able to do that. And uh, we're real excited to have him on board to kind of take some of the administration things away from Kyle and Chase. Um, and uh, he's really helped. Uh, I mean, he only came on in, uh, in February. So, uh, you know, he's, he's just a newbie, but he's already helping us in many ways. So our, our staff is a really good one. And as I said, they, they uh, help players with individual things and then uh, they, they run things with the team uh, from time to time at training. And they're, they're all a part of uh, helping us to get better. And then, you know, we have a sports psychologist, Dan Frygang, that uh, Frygang that comes out and works with us from time to time. And he helps the coaches try and get better. And he also helps the players. Oh, that's great. Well, coach, we've, we've talked about a lot of different things, covered a lot of ground. And I want to end on picking your brain because you've been around the game and the college game for, for a long time. So for those parents and players that are out there that are going through this college recruiting process, if you could distill down you know, one piece of advice, one one golden nugget here. What would you want parents or players to know about anything regarding the the whole college soccer recruiting process? Uh, it might be two things. Uh, one is you you can find out so much yourself. So do the homework before you reach out to uh, a college coach because they'll appreciate it you'll be a lot more informed. In other words, go on their website, find out the coach's name, find the team's record, see how they've done. Even we've had to make uh, athletes aware of, well, you know, last year we played the seventh hardest schedule in the country. So we go places, we play teams, you know, because we believe that, uh, you know, if you want to be the best, you play the best. And, you know, if you're going to win matches, let's win them against really top teams. So do that research, you know, check out the RPIs and all those things. Check about the, the coach's experience, all of them, like you're talking about. Check out what the assistant coaches, the head coaches, what they do, where they play. Uh, so do the homework yourself so that when you talk to the coaches, you sound informed, you sound interested. Uh, and then, uh, the second part that kind of goes along with that is talk to someone that is going to help you with self-realization. This is the level that you can play. Now, don't, don't let anyone tell you you can't because there, there is a place for every single player. But, I mean, if you're not on your, your club's top team, the chances that you're going to go play for uh, Noonan at Clemson are not that high. 
So get some self-realization. But, you know, there's no reason that you can't bump the ceiling a bit. But, uh, you know, don't try and jump over the moon. So those would be the, the two biggest things that I would say, Matt. Uh, great pieces of advice, Coach. Really love it. Well, Coach, I really appreciate the time. Wish you the best of luck in the fall season. Uh, hopefully you guys can uh, – can climb climb back into the NCAA's and and make some noise and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you. If you get down to Bradenton for any recruiting, give me a shout and we'll grab a pop. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right. Thank Take you. Take care. You too.